Hello, everyone, and welcome to Our Dramatic Assets. My name is Rebecca Ann Bloom. And I'm Ryan McGregor. On this episode of our podcast, we're just going to chat. We're going to chit-chat and allow you, our lovely listeners, to get to know us a little bit more. Sounds good. Strap in. We're just going to go for it. I think also flow with a vague plan is kind of just how our friendship and existence has been. How have you been enjoying this warm weather here? The person that I am loves it. I thrive in some good fall warmth. Then, you know, the conscious person of my brain goes, mm, global warming. So that's the two dichotomies that reside within my brain. I'm loving it, but also I'm fearful for what the future is with this warmth. Yeah, you've taken the thought right out of my brain because that's exactly how I feel is wow this is so warm it's november and i'm wearing shorts inside my apartment and they've already turned the air conditioning off and a lot of people don't know this but actually in apartments and condos they switch over from cool to heat when the weather gets cold and i had no air conditioning and i'm roasting can you open your windows or mm, no I can't open my window. It just doesn't fulfill the cool air. Isn't The current isn't strong enough to cool me down enough. Yep, feel that. I'm so sorry that you have those problems in your life. Thank you. Thank you. We should touch base. It's been a hot minute since we started this podcast. And I'm curious, you've traveled since the pandemic. You've returned. You have not started your job again? That's correct. Wow. You've really taken me down memory road here. So since starting the podcast, I have been laid off from my current employment. I'm still technically employed, but not working. And I've really been lucky, to be honest with you, to be able to have traveled. And I know this year has been so hard for a lot of people. If I have to be honest with myself, truly, it's not been as bad for me personally as it could have been. (laughs) I do have some news, actually. I just got signed to an agency for acting and modeling. No way! What agency? Okay, are you allowed to say? Whoa! I think I'm allowed to say. So the agency is called Max Agency. It's in Toronto. I get to pick out outfits for photos. Yes. Do you have any tips for me how to thrive? Be yourself. That's my tip, even though I'm still working on that. So far, anything that I have booked... It was because I stopped worrying about what the other people might want, like the casting directors might want. I just did the work and then allowed myself to kind of flow through that, which sounds so contradictory because obviously you want to be what the the role is, what the casting directors are looking for. I think the best thing is to not get into your head about it. Absolutely. You know where I hear that a lot? RuPaul, the contestants say that a lot. Do you feel that we have a barrier up that sort of protects us from people seeing who we really are? And that's the reason why it's so hard to be yourself, because I agree with you. I think that is the most important thing and being authentic. Sometimes that's so hard to do for some reason. Uh, Yeah, I have this question for you and the audience. 
when did we as people branch from not giving a crap as a kid, just, you know, making make-believe and having fun and pretending? What was that point in time where suddenly we became self-conscious? That's a very good question. I think it starts when societal norms, other influences start to shape you. I'm not sure when that moment is. I feel mm-hmm. like it has something to do with childhood innocence sort of fading away. Important influences shape you into the person that you become. Wow. Okay. This took a turn. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm still very excited. Like, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you. I recently got my headshots redone. Nice. Yes. Still waiting for the final proofs, the final retouched photos. Looking back at my current headshots that I have right now and like the ones that I just did, I definitely feel like my more authentic self is being shown in the current ones, the ones that I will have in a few weeks. I'm glad, one, because my hair is at the length that I would normally have it. Feeling myself, I look a little more natural, I think. I guess I'm just more relaxed in my experience within the industry. Minimal experience I have. I am appreciative of what has happened. I think that shows in these current shots. And the ones that I'm going to get, I feel like they're going to showcase me as opposed to what I hoped people would want from me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, you might have to fill me in on some of these details, but you took some photos for a BIPOC photo shoot. You captured that moment beautifully. Oh, thank you. Quick question. Don't you find that headshots are expensive? Oh my god, yes, so much. As a photographer, trying to pick my prices and my packages and stuff like that to sell to people, people can purchase, that's very hard for me because I just like doing it. Obviously, I want compensation. I don't like the transaction moment where you're like, cool, send me the money. Then as someone that also partakes in said services, I look at the packages and I go, mmm. <laughs> and I understand why they are the way they are priced because there's a lot of work. Yeah. The man who took my current headshots, there was a point during our shoot where I kind of looked at him and he kind of looked at me and he's like, this is not working. And I'm like, I am so sorry. I got really stuck. I think I got really in my head at one point. You are paying for this person to help guide you as well through the process, as well as doing the lighting and the editing and all that stuff. Yeah. When you think about how much you put financially into the industry for that shot, that potential cast. I have faith in the process and I have faith that the person that I was working with, if it's a photographer, that that chemistry is going to come together. We're going to deliver the best result possible. Yes. Wow. So many things to go off there. First of all, thank you for the shout out about the BIPOC photo event. I do want to also shout out, now that we've mentioned that, New Story Productions and Armand, who invited me to be the photographer. It was kind of his thought process, his baby, when he was thinking, like, I could meet some people that are BIPOC in the industry, but also they could get headshots out of it or images out of it. Just a mutual exchange of meeting people and making connections in a very safe social distancing way because, you know, pandemic. Very true. It was lovely. All of them are so creative. I've kept in touch with a few of them. They're all beautiful also. Like, it blew my mind how gorgeous they were all. It kind of taught me to trust the process, as you were saying, because I did get a little stressed with editing for a little bit there. 
Norman was literally like, you don't need to worry about editing because your photos are great. And I was like, mm, I think you're lying. And I got very into my head. But at the end of the day, he was so right that super edited ones looked cool, looked funky. But some of the non-edited ones also look very cool and funky and beautiful. And so I just needed to trust myself and my eye. Anyone looking for a photographer in the Quartha Lakes GTA region, holla at your girl. That's your girl. Also, if you're looking to cast anyone, please hollow at both of us. <laughs> yeah. I think so. If anyone's looking for a new hit sitcom series, I think the two of us could be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm thinking diverse and comedy. <laughs> nice. I like that in there. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're great. I'm working just on my small business stuff i also had been laid off then i found employment once again at theater that used to work at in the summer so i'm there now it's great things are good and in my spare time i am doing photo shoots i'm trying to craft trying to create some upcycled frames to feature my photos in for selling love it doing some custom orders And just slowly trying to get that going. I think my future goal post-acting, whenever that is, is to have a studio space of some form where where it's me being creative, me working with all forms of artistic medium like florals and photos and paint. Yeah, definitely. I have not taking a ceramics course but i would love to have a ceramic artist within my workshop yeah and to, yeah just have a, a lovely studio space for artisans to partake in and then we could all split the rent and then it wouldn't be just one artist trying to pay for everything and hoping to make ends meet that's what i'm thinking about i'll keep you posted pretty much it i'm just living in my apartment hanging out with my cats very cool I think having a small business or having your own business or even working freelance and for yourself is a really popular idea that I'm considering because you can create your own schedule, take your holidays when you want to, and you can work remotely in certain situations. That is so cool and so different. And for anyone that wants to consider that sort of lifestyle, there can be many benefits to that. would like society to be more open to that i think the pandemic has really shown that you can do a lot of stuff remote ideally you do get to see people in a healthy way it really i think it pushed content creators and other creative people into the forefront because a lot of us have been kind of freelancing on our own for a while for a hot minute and we don't need the typical brick and mortar cubicle type scenario if anything sometimes that can be less inspiring and less helpful for people cheers to everyone that is out there working by themselves or working for someone but remotely like y'all are doing it Mm-hmm. that is right that leads me to a question for you and that is is what you're doing now what you always wanted to do growing up i think i wanted to be a doctor when i was little and well no. Very respectable career choice. Didn't get there. I do remember looking up the MCAT and what I would need to do and how likely I would actually be able to get into a medical school. And I went, mm, nope. 
Because it is so competitive in Canada. It's ridiculous. I think I've always been imaginative. I've always created stories. My mom and I would watch movies or read books when I was little, and then I would reenact them. In a way, I've always been doing what I am currently doing. Didn't think it would be a career until a few years ago. Yeah, totally. I've had experience in high school with drama and musicals and plays, and I've never been able to really explore that in a serious way. I think there's this whole idea of dipping your toe in the water is not enough to know whether or not you're actually good at something. You really have to go all in to really know for yourself, is this the right choice for me? Yeah. I've always liked taking photos and the more I do it recently and being photographed and posing is fun and telling a story, you said to being creative. And I've also been fortunate to have the opportunity to try to work in other jobs this time because of this pandemic has opened up sort of some unique circumstances and this is where I'm at. Yes, I support that. Thank you. I have a question for you. It's a two-part question. Okay. First part, if your life was a novel, what would the title be? I don't know why this is the first thing that came to mind, but do you remember the books in school, in elementary school, The Magic Treehouse? Yeah! Because as a kid, I was just so captivated by those and the imagination and going on adventures and traveling the world and history and... Yes. I feel like mine would be, I don't know if you had to read these in elementary school. Oh, shoot. What were they called? American Girl or Canadian Girl? And it was like a weird diary of a person, a girl, in a certain period of time. So there was like the Halifax explosion or, uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> or something of that measure. And it would just be a whole book of diary entries of this person telling you what their life was like and what the crisis was or <laughs> if my life was to be a book a novel that's what it would be like at least or was the second part to your question as well yes i don't know what the title would be the title would probably be <laughs> something like confused but still going with it <laughs> <laughs> i guess the second part of that is if that novel would then become a movie who would you want to be in the cast somebody that i probably fancied like jesse mccartney <laughs> Is that just in the cast or is that playing you? I'd be okay if he was playing me. <laughs> okay. I have to have Academy Award winning Colin Firth. Nice. He just has to be in there as well as Tanja P. Henderson because I love her. She's great. If she wanted to play me, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> if she didn't, that's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind playing myself, but I also feel like that might be a smidge odd. I also would love Tom Felton. I had a massive crush on Tom Felton during the Harry Potter days. I was I always fell for a good bad boy. Ooh, good choice. It was so good. He definitely played that so well. A lot of people say he doesn't deserve a redemption arc, but I feel like there could have been one. I also feel he and Hermione would have been a good couple. Once he realized that being a muggle wasn't a bad thing, if he had like the redemption arc of realizing that he'd been fed with all these lies since his father was a death eater, his mind was wokest. 
See just who's laughing in the end. With the possibilities of like union between the majestic magic people and the not so great apparently to his brain mudbloods and then like you fell in love with Hermione and then they had great kids and it would have been great because I mean I love Ron but I think in general and this is also a controversial statement the relationships that were formed and the eventual marriages were not the best matches yes thank you okay we are very much off topic and I'm so supportive of it where did Cho Chang go? <laughs> I'm sorry. She had that moment of like, ooh, she was interested in Harry. And then he was like, no, push you aside. I'm going to love Ginny instead. Excuse me. Could we give her a little bit more respect? Thank you. I think there was a lot of minor characters in the series. I can't remember in the books if they had bigger parts. I know Tonks had a bigger part in the books than she ever did in the movies with Cho Chang. I don't remember if the same was true. You're right. They didn't get the acknowledgement that they should have. They eventually, like, had an actual relationship past book. Was it five? A question mark? I don't know. Can't remember. I would have been here for that. Like, that's a cute couple. And then, I don't know, Ginny could have been an independent woman. She could have just, like, gone with her quitter self and been, like, really strong. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see in the future, even after the Fantastic Beasts franchise is done, how they reimagine the Harry Potter universe and how it changes and evolves and what the fandom has given the series ultimately is the most important and ultimately it will live on. Absolutely. Love me a good fanfic. A Harry Potter one? I prefer the the Harry and Draco or the Draco and Hermione ones. <laughs> oh, that's mm, that sounds good. Another thing I feel like we should touch on, kind of following the good versus evil idea of Draco, more current, <laughs> the election. <laughs> oh yes, we are now post counting of the votes. Trump is trying to contest a bunch of things as we expected. How do you feel? I'm going to try to summarize this as best I can. Going back to the presidential debates, from an outsider's perspective, it seemed to me that the debates really didn't change anyone's mind. If you were for one candidate, then you thought they won the debate. And if you were for the other candidate, you thought that he won the debate. Mm -hmm. By the time the election came obviously i had my opinions about who i felt was best we live so close we are affected by them i wasn't here to interfere with the result i am very passionate about and interested in politics american politics especially have always been interesting i'm gonna put out a congratulatory post to the president-elect yeah i wasn't worried I mean, I was worried. Okay, that's incorrect. I was worried. Didn't feel Trump would get another term. My intuition, I think it's intuition, or the sense of the vibes from the earth or whatever. I'm pretty good with assuming how elections would turn out. So far, I haven't been wrong. The thing that did kind of shake me was how close it was. Yeah. Concerns me for a variety of reasons. One, because... There's a lot of discrimination still within the U.S. It kind of shows that presidential figurehead is not necessarily the cause of all issues. There are still quite a few thousands slash millions of people that have very discriminatory views. And that's concerning. I was also quite pleased 
to see some states flip from red to blue. It was exciting to wake up and see those changes. Winning an election or becoming president-elect and vice president-elect, it's just one step. One step on this massive staircase of change. They have their work cut out for them. (laughs) Minority, vice president as well. That's so great. It's a massive uphill battle that they're going to have to fight. Yeah. It doesn't just start with the past four years. Also important to realize that the two-party system is flawed and having undying loyalty to any sort of political party isn't always the best thing to do. Always think for yourself, educate. I don't know if I told you this story. When I worked in Florida, I drove from Florida back to Canada. There was a detour. Driving through this rural area of Alabama, I would pass these houses. They would also have a massive Confederate flag. I played this game to distract myself from the fact that there were Confederate flags by counting how many I would pass until I got to the next interstate. I got 20. (laughs) Wow. Some of them were huge. Some of them were small. They were still there. It concerned me as a young woman by herself traveling. If anything happens to you and you don't have reception or something, you want to feel like you can go to someone's door and knock on their door and be like, hi, I I could use some assistance. Yeah. I'm not saying that someone that has a Confederate flag is not going to offer someone like me assistance. They could be very nice people, but there is still that fear. I'm just going to be blunt about it. Fear. You are not in a safe area. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard for people that don't deal with those issues when they travel to understand it. There was an increase in hate crimes here in Canada as well. Because of those events that happened. Yeah, it's pretty obvious what side you and I are on. We should all feel free. And a lot of people haven't felt that for many years. Yeah. I am very thankful that there is such a thing as democracy. I hope that we work towards a better future. Not everyone's going to be on the same page. It's not possible. just want people to feel protected and to feel like their country and or the person within their hiding, wherever you are, has your back. Honestly. Yeah. It's real shitty when you feel like people don't have your back. Let's deheat. I don't know if this question is going to help us deheat. Do you have any pet peeves? Yes, I have so many. (laughs) I think it's just me literally needing control. Don't like it when there is clearly a way that the towels are folded or the clothes are folded and then someone doesn't do that. (laughs) And I... Sorry, my love. Sorry, Jeff. That is a pet peeve of mine. Fair enough. People that are unnecessarily rude. An example of that is in my building when you're about to go into the elevator and the other person can see you coming, walking up, and they close the door. Anyone that's listening that lives in my building, I'm talking to you. (laughs) Yes. On the road. When people don't let you merge, when people cut in front of you, when people angrily flip you off, even though clearly they were in the wrong. People that don't understand how the arrows work in a grocery store, the arrows are literally telling you which way to go up and down the aisle. Ma'am, do not look at me as if I'm crazy when I look at you because you're going the wrong way. (laughs) Yes. I just want to get some milk. (laughs) You're in my way. Simple task. It's a simple task. I just need my milk. Are you religious or spiritual? Yes. (laughs) 
undergoing a multitude of wrestling thoughts about that. I can say that, yes, for sure, I am spiritual. And yes, I do still believe in God, despite a weird, tumultuous relationship that I've had with organized religion as of late. Still reside in the spiritual camp. I love to explore that sort of spiritual side of myself. There was a podcast I actually listened to, and it was called I Don't Get It. It's these women that are super fun, millennial women that sort of dive into topics and say how they feel, sort of like how we do. One of the episodes, they had Monica the Medium on, and she's just so nice. They had her own show on ABC, Monica the Medium. They were asking her very candid questions. How do you read people? Is there an afterlife? Is there a God? She says, yes, I believe that there's a higher power in the universe. And I believe this is what happens after we die. And I believe that we are here on this earth, this predetermined kind of mission, soul contracts. It was such an immersive experience to listen to. I just find the whole topic kind of fascinating. And I'm looking forward to kind of exploring that more as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. Zombie apocalypse is occurring. What tool would you use to defend yourself? An axe. Okay. I would use a tire torque bar. I like that. (laughs) If you could trade places with a famous person, who would you trade places with? I love Paris Hilton. Her. (laughs) Ooh. 100% related to the fact that I've seen this man before recently. I would trade places with Jake Epstein. I would like to go back in time to when he was on Degrassi. So I could act in a teenage soap opera. Oh, cute. If you've never seen Degrassi, check it out. It's worth at least watching a couple episodes. It's probably on YouTube. It's probably on Netflix, I'm sure. The best season was Degrassi The Next Generation. That's what I used to watch as a kid. If you believe in past lives, where do you feel one of them of yours might have been? A woman. I feel like I could have lived as different lives and experiences and been okay with that. I may or may not have been a gay man in a past life, may or may not have been a cat in a past life, or will be going towards being a cat in my next life. And your love of cats shows. Have you kept anything really special to you from your childhood? No, honestly, I don't think so. I threw everything out, didn't want to go down the road of being a hoarder. I live a very minimalist sort of lifestyle now. I just feel like for me, I lose everything. I become disorganized very easily. This helps so so much. That's not to say I couldn't hang on to one sentimental thing. Can't think of anything that I have. One that's inspirational. I wish I was not keeper of sentimental things. (laughs) I also wish I was a minimalist because that would just be so helpful. Jeff is and I am not. The one thing that I have kept from my childhood are my one things, I guess I should say, are my baby blankies. Oh, yeah. They were super comforting for me as a child. Fun fact, sometimes if I'm feeling sad, pop one of those bad boys out of the drawer. They still smell great. They're still super cuddly. It's proven that smell brings back memories. Yeah. I'm here to close off this podcast by saying I am a proud 26-year-old BIPOC woman who uses her blankies on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. We love all of our listeners, no matter where you're listening. We have listeners in the U.S., Canada, 
France, the UK, Ireland. Thank you so much for listening every week. And please feel free to ask us some more questions or share your dramatic moments. And you can follow us at our Instagram handles. Mine is ryan.m.mcgregor and Rebecca's is B-E-C-K.E-R. Yes, and there's an underscore after the R, she says, with a question mark, because she can't actually remember her own Instagram handle. You're right, underscore after the R. Our handles are also written on our Instagram podcast, which is ODA Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is the handle. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We have lots of exciting plans for the next couple of episodes, so please stay tuned. Tell your friends and family. Please watch, listen with your cat, your dog, your bird, your guinea pig, whatever you have available with you. (laughs) We will talk to you all soon. Yes, we are inclusive. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Thank you, Ryan. And as always, stay dramatic. Stay dramatic. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) 